after all these years to be going back to where it all started back to the matrix how did i beat you you're too fast do you believe that my being stronger or faster has anything to do with my muscles in this place You think that's air you're breathing now? How can I make a choice? Because you didn't come here to make the choice. You've already made it. You're here to try to understand why you made it. You ever stood and stared at it, marveled at its beauty, its genius? You are the eventuality of an anomaly which, despite my sincerest efforts, I have been unable to eliminate from what is otherwise a harmony of mathematical precision. While it remains a burden assiduously avoided, it is not unexpected and thus not beyond a measure of control, which has led you inexorably here. to the desert of the real i'm your host john pataki and this is best one since the next one the podcast that dives deeper than a resurrected neo's continued knowledge of kung fu into film and tv franchises and the fandoms they inspire today we're switching things up a little bit and we're going to talk about the matrix resurrections but since there's no movie to talk about yet we're going to do some reckless speculation to do that with me today i have a special guest jason gibner from the blast points podcast hi jason hey john how's it going happy to be here this is fun i'll stop blowing up your dms about the matrix and we can just podcast <laughs> about it <laughs> please do please do because I, I don't have too many other matrix people to talk about so i yeah, love it us and eight other people that can talk about it we'll start a little group chat <laughs> yeah this should be interesting because like I, I was telling you before we started recording i just got boosted so i'm feeling a little crazy and then i just got back from seeing west side story the steven spielberg west side story in IMAX, so I'm like emotionally boosted too. So <laughs> I might be all over the place, but we'll see. We'll see how this goes. Before we dive into just going wild about Matrix Resurrections, tell me a little bit about your relationship to the Matrix. I got to be careful because I could, you know, I don't want this to turn into a four hour podcast for you. <laughs> it you know. becomes a, it's its own series. Yeah. <laughs> Jason's long history of the Matrix. So, okay. So I'll keep this as brief as possible. So I, I used to live uh, in your stomping grounds, Grand Rapids, Michigan. And there used to be a, uh, a showcase cinemas way down on 28th Street, almost to Ada. By Steak and Shake. Exactly. And my friend Matt worked there. And we were friends with the manager, this guy, Mike, Mike D, not Mike D from the Beastie Boys, a different Mike D. And it was like the Tuesday or something before the Matrix, like the Matrix came out on a Friday and it was pretty early in the week. And a lot of times we would get to go see like, hey, they're going to test the print for Rush Hour. Do you guys mm -hmm. want to come check out Rush Hour early? We're going to test the print. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was like, oh, we're going to test the print for that new Keanu Reeves movie, The Matrix. <laughs> Do you guys want to come check that out? And we were like, oh, that's going to be terrible. Because <laughs> we thought it was going to be like Johnny Mnemonic or something. Sure. And the trailer looked interesting, but we were like, eh, it's not going to be good. So we all went in just goofing in the beginning. Like we were, we showed up. It was like midnight. The theater was closed. There was like four or five of us. And we were just like, this is going to be a real hoot. And the movie starts and it's going and no one's talking. No one's talking. And the moment where Smith has Neo's head down in the train tracks. Yeah. Right. The film breaks. Mike D gets up, runs at mock speed out of the theater. He's, I'll, I'll fix it. I'll fix it. I'll fix it. <laughs> Takes off. And so we, it was really awesome because at that amazing, perfect moment we had this chance to all like look at each other me and like four of my friends and be like oh my god this movie is incredible like we had no idea 
like this is like the next level and i i remember the movie got out and we wanted to just stand in the lobby and just kind of process what we saw but they had to like okay you guys got to get out we got to like close up the theater we got to go home it's 2 a.m everybody's got to work probably next morning or something and i remember my friend jeremy was like the the people that made it said they want to make like a trilogy out of this and i remember our general feeling was like is this going to be too much for people like is this too because it wasn't anything close to sci-fi that was going on in that time sure and it took us so by surprise because we were so obsessed with the phantom menace and like the trailers and the hype and like the action figures were almost out and we were in full phantom menace fever and then this matrix comes out and just kind of took us all by surprise. And then I remember going to see it multiple, multiple times after it came out. And I think it was like my third or fourth time. It was the moment where Smith and Morpheus are talking when uh, they kind of have him like hostage and Neo and Trinity are going to rescue him. And Smith is talking about like, give me the keys to Zion. Right. But, you know, and I remember at that moment being like, wait, what are they talking about? Like what? <laughs> Like there is like this whole deeper story going on in this, like there's a whole, like, I was like, what is Zion? Because they give you no like explanation, like what Zion is. Or they explain it in like one, they're like, yeah, the last human city, duh. And like the Animatrix hadn't come out. And I was like, mm. how did all of this happen? Like, what is the, what's the story on all this? Yeah, and then it was just, I remember it was this whole like rivalry too when The Phantom Menace finally did come out in the summer of 99 of like, well, The Matrix is the cool thing and The Phantom Menace is the very uncool thing and Mm -hmm. The Matrix is real sci-fi for grown-ups and, you know, The Phantom Menace is for kids and I was kind of stuck in this like, well can I like both, you know? And yeah, they're both different, but they're both awesome in different ways. So then Reloaded comes out and there was tons of hype and I it instantly divided audiences where mm. I remember it came out the weekend of Motor City Comic-Con and we all we were like, when the night before Comic-Con, we'll all go to Matrix Reloaded. And I remember our group was very split afterwards. Sure. And there was like, yeah, there was like a f- up until 4 a.m. conversation of was what was going on in that movie. And I was defending it, defending it, defending it. And I was like, I only saw it once, but here's what I think they were saying. And here's what I think was happening. But I went to go see, I got obsessed with Reloaded and I went to go see it like 10, 12 times in the theater. And I would just think about it and think about it and think about it and analyze the architect scene and every little word and just hang on to every little nugget of information and be like, wait, 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 what? You know, then by the time Revolutions comes out, I was doing movie reviews for this little Ann Arbor entertainment free monthly newspaper thing. And I thought it was awesome because I would get to go to like press screenings and stuff. I was like some scruffy goofball in the room with like Detroit film critics and stuff. I was like, what am I doing? Those don't exist anymore, by the way, because I tried to use this podcast as an excuse to get into an early Matrix Resurrections screening. And they were like, absolutely not. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you have like 100 followers and like we're not letting you into this thing for free. Keep going. Keep trying. Because they let me they let me in a long time ago. And often, yeah, I would show up. But I would have like credentials, but I would show up at these screens they'd be like are you sure (laughs) so so i'm at the press screening for revolutions right and i'm so excited so excited and i'm loving it just loving it loving it loving it loving it and i can hear all like the the stuffy detroit critics around me just groaning and moaning and like just being real jerks and the best part though is after the movie gets out, there's like reps from Warner Brothers there. And when you, you have to walk out in a line and there's one person that stops them and says like, so what did you think? And there's another person just writing down like keywords and stuff. And every single critic in front of me is just like waste of time, the worst dialogue ever, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I am literally the last person in line because I wanted to stay through the credits and hear the sweet, sweet music. Totally. (laughs) I finally get out and they get, so so I get to this poor Warner Brothers rep, this kind of like youngerish girl. And she's just defeated, just deflated, just feeling horrible. And I get to, and she's like, 
so what did you think? And I, and I looked at her and I said, I thought it was fucking awesome. <laughs> Cinema score A+. Plus. Yeah, and she goes, yes. <laughs> and I was like, do you want my name? Do you want to quote me on that? <laughs> Put my name in the trailer. It was fucking awesome, Jason Gibner. Yeah, Jason Gibner, <laughs> weird Ann Arbor free newspaper, fucking awesome. I'll, st- I'll stand by it. I still- All right, I'll, I'll go see that. Yeah, so that was my relationship with the matrix and then i stayed with it i mean the path of neo came out in the xbox and i was just like i'm all about it any little nugget of matrix anything like matrix comics i was buying those there wasn't much like the blu-ray set came out and i was like oh i gotta get that so just grabbing on to any kind of matrix any oh one like comic convention i went to everyone was over the matrix and all the figures were dirt cheap and i was just oh, like ha 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 score for me i'm gonna buy all the matrix figures i love the original um the, the original matrix figures before like the mcfarland toys took oh. over and they, they look they look so hilariously like stupid <laughs> like so weird and like yeah they're basically like ken doll and barbie doll bodies with like the real clothing kind of squished together they're so so weird so weird and mo who was on my matrix reloaded episode bought that 10 disc box set as well with the oh neo, yeah with the neo bust in it and everything <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally <laughs> that seems to be the trajectory for a lot of people that i've talked to about it recently 90 percent of people are like they're all trash i hate them all except for the first one and then the people that stuck with it all seem to have this mentality of like these are good what is everybody talking about oh yeah my friend kelly just took her daughter ava who's i think like 14 or 15 to go see the matrix imax last night on the drive home she was like you know if everything was fake we wouldn't know it <laughs> <laughs> She's in. She, yeah, she's down the rabbit hole. She's still it's yeah. still blowing minds, you know, 22 years later. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where we stand. We're we're at this like precipice where like the Matrix Resurrections it made the Matrix Resurrections, I have so much trouble saying it, is 2 weeks away. We're in this weird limbo where like people are revisiting the original trilogy. They're only playing The Matrix 1 in IMAX, which is like to me a big clue of things to come. And it's, I don't know, the, the legacy of it, I think there's going to be a lot of people revisiting it and also thinking it's fucking awesome. So that, like, <laughs> when, we, when, we, when we get on the other side of Resurrections, hopefully people are like, the, the Matrix is good again. Like, kind of like how the prequels have kind of, like, been reclaimed right now. I had the same kind of relationship to the prequels that I did with the Matrix, where I was like, I love these, I love these, but I was kind of at this, like, impressionable age where everyone was like, they're bad. And I was like, oh, they're bad. <laughs> and, like, and so I just kind of went along that path and, like, spent... X amount of years like building my love for them back up because I was like I like them they're this is for me these are ones yeah. for me yeah yeah, um, yeah. and um, the Matrix has a very similar path where it's like kind of becomes more ridiculous and way more over the top but like kind of comes into itself and I think that that's leading us into pure Wachowski brain one more time for the resurrect for resurrections maybe we should get into some uh, reckless speculation about what we think it's going to be about what do you think I'm ready yeah I'm ready to go I'm ready. <laughs> The question, listeners, is are you ready? (laughs) (laughs) Jason, my first question for you is, when that first trailer hit for The Matrix Resurrections, how was your life affected? What was your day like? I just couldn't believe it. I was like, it's something I never, ever, ever thought would happen, which is funny because I remember going to see Resurrection or Revolutions for like the second time or third time or something with my wife, who then was my girlfriend. And I remember her saying at the end, well, there's going to be another one. Like they're setting it up for another one. And I remember saying to her, like, yeah, I really don't think so. Like, we're the only people in the theater and it's opening (laughs) night. I don't think so. You know, (laughs) and. I, that's the thing. I was like, wow, Matrix 4 is real. This thing is really coming out. There's really going to be a Matrix 4. And it's really a Matrix 4. It's not like a reboot. It's not like some kind of retelling. It's not some reset. It's a continuation of the story. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that is insane. And I think I'm still wrapping my head around that. Crazy. It's such a crazy thing to think about. Even when, even now we're so close where I'm thinking about like, okay, like it's going to, like there's no Tuesday night showings for it. It's starting Wednesday morning. So I'm like, okay, can I really get up and go to work on Wednesday <laughs> or do I like, do I just say screw it? And I wake up at like 4.35 a.m. And I watch it on HBO because I'm not going to be able to take it 
going to work and acting like a normal human being when it's like I could be watching the matrix. So, <laughs> and then that's kind of like where I'm at right now, where it's like, I'm making plans. Okay. How am I going to tackle this thing? That's just bizarre. It's like the matrix. Like I'm, it's just amazing. I'm just so happy. I guess in the end, I'm just so happy that Lana Wachowski is steering the ship that absolutely at, at least one of the original creators in charge. And it's from the same mind. It's a continuation of the story in the way she wants to continue it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, it's it, it's very similar to the Star Wars prequels where it's like, that was always my thing where it's like, if that's what George Lucas wants to do, who am I to say that's not what I wanted or didn't want it? Like, George Lucas, tell me a story. And that's where yeah. I am. I'm like, Lana Machowski, tell me a story. Yeah, show me your brain. I want more of your brain. And, and yes. that's the thing. That's the thing, too, is... The Wachowskis, I mean, Lana doing this one, but the Wachowskis in general, they're not going to just do it for the money. They're not going to just be like, yeah, we'll do another Matrix. It's clearly a story that like came out fully formed from interviews with with Lana. So it's like, it's a story that she wanted to tell. That's why I'm so excited because it's not just cheap nostalgia cash grab. It's like, here is a story to continue the path of the one, continue the story of Neo, continue the love story of Neo and Trinity and kind of see where that goes. And like, I, the end of the first trailer when it came out with Jonathan Groff saying like, back where it all started, back to the matrix, like that had to be the end of the trailer. It couldn't have been anything else. Yeah. And when that happened, I feel like I just like knocked a glass of water off my table. <laughs> like, which is like <laughs> It's time bringing what is the matrix back was just like, oh, we're doing it. <laughs> we're, we're really going, we're really going for it. That was the thing like back in 2019 when I saw pictures of like them filming and like Carrie Ann Moss and Keanu Reeves like on a motorcycle. That's when I really started to think about it. Whereas like as much as Revolutions was fucking awesome, I was like the love story maybe didn't get the love story ending that it always kind of felt like it was leading to. And as much as I loved Revolutions, I was like, yeah. Maybe at the end, that was kind of the thing because yeah, Neo, he does, he sacrifices himself. He makes the peace treaty with with the big baby head and everything. But Trinity, it's kind of, it's it's like, I'm, I'm going all over the place here, but that's kind of the matrix where when he's with the architect and reloaded, the architect says, okay, there've been all these other ones before you, but you're different. You're interesting because all the other ones chose saving humanity and you are only focused on saving one love. You're choosing one love versus the love of everyone. And that's what makes you different. That's what makes this Neo, this one different. So when Trinity dies, then Neo kind of, okay, well, I've got to go sacrifice myself to this whole thing to save everyone, I guess, to reset the matrix. So it's like when you and Jordan were talking and you're like, exactly what is happening in there still is a little fuzzy who's to say (laughs) the function of the one is now to return to the source allowing a temporary dissemination of the code you carry reinserting the prime program after which you will be required to select from the matrix 23 individuals 16 female 7 male to rebuild zion failure to comply with this process will result in a cataclysmic system crash killing everyone connected to the matrix which coupled with the extermination of zion will ultimately result in the extinction of the entire human race but then i the more i started thinking about it and when i saw the pictures of the two of them together i was just like they have to be together trinity died trinity got a metal pole through her chest like six of them yeah and there is Trinity. So I was just like, Neo, they can explain because the whole thing with like the Matrix Online where Morpheus wanted the machines to hand over Thomas Anderson's body mm-hmm. and the machines like refused to do it. And that was Morpheus' whole thing. Like, why won't the machines give us Thomas Anderson's body? What are they hiding? And I remember when the Matrix Online was coming out and I would watch just like the cinematics. I don't even know how I don't, I don't know how I was even watching, but I was just like, just tell me the story. And I was like, yeah, why don't the machines want to hand over Thomas Anderson's body? And I was like, well, they were keeping him for some reason. Mm -hmm. And I always wondered if the Matrix that rebooted at the end of Revolutions, was that part of, was how much of this new version of the Matrix with a sunrise, was Neo part of that now? Was Neo part of the Matrix? Was it, was this the revolution at the end of revolutions Mm -hmm. 
a revolution in the matrix. Yes. Now we go up to resurrections. Yeah. And they're alive. And I'm like, okay, Neo, we can explain, like I was saying, but Trinity, I was like, is Trinity just existing as a program? And is Neo just existing as a program? Like, are they, is Neo literally like the Holy ghost at this point, like only existing as this computer program in the matrix is his physical body dead. And it's like, now as the trailers keep going, and this is one thing I love with Lana Wachowski, where it's like, no, like the newest preview that came out, there's Thomas Anderson with his shaved head, right? Like a flesh and blood in Zion or wherever Thomas Anderson. And there's Trinity in a pod. And I'm just like, okay. I get that their love is important and someone needed the two of them to get together. They need to be together. And that didn't happen at the end of revolutions. And that is important. Like the movies in the end are all about love and choosing love. And understanding the choice behind choosing love, like understanding that it's your decision to make which direction your life goes in and what path you choose. So how is Trinity back? exactly in a physical body form and then i started thinking too much about like well exactly how does the matrix the machines how do they create babies i started thinking too much about that and i was like well there's no thinking too much about that <laughs> that's like that's what what the matrix does to you it's a little synthetic baby in like the matrix one where the you know he's talking about inter- intravenously feeding the liquefied remains of the dead into other babies and then like their crops and they're grown yeah. So it's like, is it like 3D printed or is it like how they make like um, beyond meat, like synthetic yeah. lab meat? Like, So it's like if they made a like a real world flesh and blood Trinity once, could they do it again? But then I was like, and something Jordan pointed out too, where there's one part where the machines are fighting the machines. Yes. It was something that started in the sequels where you had these kind of rogue programs that were going on their own against kind of the programming, the rigid kind of control of the matrix, like the architect. You had programs like Saudi, for example. Mm-hmm. And now we see Saudi is going to be a major part, potentially, of resurrections. And does Saudi have something to do with the, fa- is, the ma- is the matrix getting out of control again? Because now we see from this new trailer that came out earlier this week, basically the Smith program or the Smith virus. It's back in Jonathan Groff's character. So is the Matrix out of control? And does someone say, we need to do what we didn't do before? We need Neo and Trinity together. We need, because Neo is strong by himself, but he's stronger with her. And she is incredibly strong by herself and she is stronger. Their love for each other makes them stronger. The way Revolutions ended, ended Trinity's story, it ended in such a way that the love story, like you were saying, the love story didn't really come to fruition the way you thought it was. To me, it just kind of, it seemed like it de-emphasized that love story. And so yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't even really thinking about them to back together again because I was like, oh, well, Trinity is just like, um, Neo and her are in love, obviously. To me, his path was more like, the Christ figure, messianic figure of the struggles of life and the people that you meet in life to go be crucified are what opens up heaven. Neo is like, oh, Trinity, I guess, was just another part of suffering in my life that I had to go through to get to the Machine City and sacrifice myself so that I could bring utopia to the Matrix or bring a a standstill or peace to the Matrix in in a truce. And to see them back together means with Neo being resurrected, I started thinking about that too, and I really wasn't even thinking about the the Smith character. Was like, well, Neo and Smith are the yin and yang. They're the plus one, negative one. So if Neo's back, Smith has to be back in some form too. It doesn't work like, well, I was gonna say like Palpatine, but that doesn't that doesn't it's not a a, a fair comparison anymore because he came back too. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> that's another podcast. It enables itself to bring things back in such a way because it is a computer world and it is a machine world to like kind of use the programming language, but also use the metaphysical philosophical language that it established in the original trilogy to bring these characters back. It just doesn't, it kind of writes its own rules. So I wonder if that's like, there's another part of the equation to, that needs to like drown out the Smith program that's now wreaking havoc in, this, in the Matrix again is, is the Trinity aspect of it. And maybe they keep making versions of her and couldn't quite get it right because, you know, she splinters into those like six different characters right. in the first trailer. And you're like, what the hell is going on? That kind of thing is what made me think that maybe this is not, just like the seventh version of Neo, that maybe it's the eighth, ninth, or tenth, because, you know, 
Sati is older, Niobe is older, and maybe they've been trying to get Trinity just right and like they can't quite remember like or they don't have the look of Trinity and they're trying to create this like emotional response within the Neo program. There's a movie called Made in Heaven, which is really bad. And it's like about soulmates that are created in heaven. I'm talking about heaven a lot. It is part of the Matrix conversation. Um, I just get uncomfortable talking about it. But um, <laughs> like they create soulmates in heaven and they go down to earth and they have to find each other. But it, it immediately like triggered that same kind of response to me as like, you know, Neo and Trinity walking around living their day-to-day lives in this program version of themselves within the new sunlit version of the Matrix. Their story is unavoidable. Like they're gonna, maybe that's what causes the Matrix to break down too. I don't really know. Maybe their love is so powerful that it's a problem for the Matrix. In the latest trailer, the uh, blue-haired character, I can't remember what her name is in the movie, she's talking to that crazy, like, Jax-looking, like, cybernetic dude. Yeah, like yeah, a... yeah. <laughs> Which is like, tell me all about him right now. So she's like, it's so deja vu, and yet it's obviously all wrong. Like, their version of the world that they're in at that point is different than what they're used to in the Matrix. Is, is it out of control, like, rebooting itself in different versions? I don't know. I'm Now I'm all over the place, but... <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say is, like, I think that this combination of Neo and Trinity, maybe that's what's causing havoc for humans and machines, is, like... The truce is going wild because the one program is too powerful and their their love is too powerful and it can't be contained within this version of the matrix and it's just like glitching out yeah i don't know it when i remember when the movie went into production and they announced that lana wachowski was co-writing the screenplay with the the writer of the cloud atlas book david mitchell and Cloud Atlas, another uh, Wachowski film that I, I've loved. I've loved the message of Cloud I never read the book, but I've loved the message of the film. Souls are eternal. And the, the loves that you have in your life, you keep, you're, you're forever locked through eternity. And in different forms, in different ways, you will keep running into these same souls over and over and over again throughout your different lives that you live, throughout your the, the long history of your soul. And I was just like, how fascinating. But then when Matrix 4 went into production, and yeah, and I saw that Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss are back, and the, the writer of the Cloud Atlas book was writing the screenplay, I was like, well... I bet you that is something going on too, because that is a fascinating way to kind of look at this, where they are eternal, Neo and Trinity, and their souls in whatever way they exist, whether they be real world flesh and blood or their, you know, avatars, whatever in the matrix, their programs that run around in the matrix, they're eternal. And I almost wonder if it's something that was created in the, if the original trilogy was real, was created in those films, like this Neo and Trinity connection and kind of almost like the Smith virus, that is something that the matrix can't control. Like it's so powerful. And maybe they are rebooting the matrix almost to kind of be like, okay, well we need to do a new version of the one now and a new version of Trinity. And if these Neo and Trinities keep meeting, and they're like, no, yeah, you know, like if this happens, then this whole matrix could come crumbling down or got to keep them apart, keep them apart somehow. Yeah. Keep them apart, keep them separated, but they keep popping up because it's just part of the matrix now. And it, I, and I, I've always been obsessed with Sadi, but because Sadi is a program made from love, just the simple thing that the two programs loved each other and the, the basic human thing that they wanted to have a child and that's what sati is and it's it's these programs evolving the thing with sati too is that which i thought was an important distinction was that they weren't trying to smuggle her out of the matrix with the train man like conceived her out of love and now we want to protect her by sending her out they were trying to they were trying to introduce her into the matrix as like a program that has no real purpose that's not right. meant to govern anything except for to exist as pure love it seems like they were just like this is important to this world beyond being just our child it's important that we introduce this concept into the matrix and sati coming back is like what looks like the oracle the new version yeah. of the oracle or some you know uh, acolyte version of the oracle and you know the oracle being the mother of the matrix with the architect maybe you know taking over 
that role, she was like, well, I was made out of love. Let's see what happens when we introduce love in based on I exist for no reason other than my computer parents loved each other and now yeah. I'm here. So maybe this is an important element and that's what makes it go haywire as well. Yeah, I, I think she has something to do with getting Neo and Trinity back together. And I in the, the news trailers, I keep watching and I'm like, Neo has like sonic boom power. Now. <laughs> I know, it's great. That he didn't have before. Mm -hmm. And I'm He's like, this leveled is- up. This, yeah, this is a more powerful Neo. And I feel like that is because the Neo-Trinity connection is back together. Yes. Because that was the thing too, like you go back and watch so much of uh, Reloaded and Revolutions, they spend so much time apart. Definitely, yes. Neo is kind of on his own a lot. So much of the movie is kind of like what Trinity's doing and what Neo's doing. And it's it's really cool to be like, with this one, it's like, it's very important that they're together. And that means something. 96 Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. <laughs> All I need in my life is sin. It's me and my girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's funny too, because the trailer is like, if you didn't have Neo on a motorcycle with Trinity, like throwing missiles into helicopters or like, you know, Morpheus in in this version says, I know the one thing that, the one thing that keeps you going and will keep you fighting. I know why you're yeah. here for it. So the trailers, with if you take all that stuff out, the action that you need to like be like the Matrix is back, it's almost like a rom-com or like a meet-cute. And it's like, they're meeting in a coffee shop together. They're meeting, yeah. you know, they're meeting on the street, keep meeting. And then there's that one scene that really puzzles me where she kind of melts in the code. Yeah. Which could just be like a bad vision he's having or like I'll lose her again. Yeah. But that, that was really fascinating to me too. Cause it's like, maybe they, they kind of torture him with the idea of Trinity that he can keep getting back to her and keep getting back to her. And he's just like trying to go through these different iterations of the matrix to get back to this thing that can last between them. But the framing of the trailers is like a romantic comedy in a way. Like if you put a um, Nora Ephron score over it, 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 like I'm sure someone's done that by now. Made like a YouTube version of it with them, like two lost souls meet in the coffee shop, like that kind of thing. <laughs> and that, and that, there's a couple of things that made me think of, yeah, again, with Cloud Atlas, that Cloud Atlas in the end was like this giant, sprawling, bizarre science fiction love story. In the end, it was like this gigantic love story told through this very you know grandiose long science fiction lens and and again takes us back to something we were talking about before too with with trinity kind of disappearing in code it goes back to the the question of how is trinity in this movie at all what is the answer to that and we see her in a pod we see a flesh and blood shaped head trinity we haven't seen her like out of the pod talking like we have Neo, Thomas mm -hmm. Anderson in the trailers, but... You see her emerging from it with, like, the cables off for a second. I think it's her. Yeah, you don't see her, like, in a conversation in the real world. Did you notice, too, that her... The color of her cords are different than Neo's? Right, and I think about that version of Morpheus that they show in the first trailer, too, where it's that, like, blue, almost 3D computer model of him, where it's, right. like, like, being manufactured... And it's, she's got the same kind of color going on there. And it's it's blue. In Neo's pod that we see him in, where he's got the bugs and everything all over him, it's red. Two colors that aren't at all important to the Matrix. No, not at all. <laughs> so is there, like, the, you know, the, the farm, the human being farm, there's that. But then is there something else? Like, again, a rogue kind of program situation. Is there a new form of the Matrix coming about emerging from this maybe like a rogue faction of machines or like machines versus machines like we were seeing yeah all it's ever about is machines versus machines <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that I noticed going through for this episode today, too, is there's a discussion about, you know, there was an interview with Keanu Reeves where he said that when he read the script for this, for Matrix Resurrections, it kind of establishes what the digital world's going to be like for us going forward for the next 20 years, like the original Matrix did for the 20 years previous to now. And I am interested in like the, the social metaphor behind it. I just, I think about that in terms of the social media world we have now where like everyone can kind of cultivate their own version of themselves and their own individualized version of avatars or like what their social media presence is like and things like that. And there's clips in the trailers of, you know, people on their phones and Neo's kind of by himself without a phone in his hand, kind of like looking around like what is wrong with everybody. But in the newest trailer, I think it was the newest trailer, there's like zombified humans 
with like mm-hmm. glowing blue eyes. Did you have you mm-hmm. did you see that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which again, I always go first to like bad vision or bad bad dream. But like, are the human forms of people besides agents were the versions in the original Matrix trilogy, which we have agents back in this one, obviously too. But are the humans in the Matrix able to be like weaponized too beyond agents? Can they just be like taken over at will beyond just agents possessing their bodies and like swarm towards people? And that really piqued my interest as well. If if Neo and Trinity are together and that is a threat, I mean, the the humans in the Matrix are all just part of the program. And it will attack that threat, mm-hmm. you know, like, like a, like a, an, a, a nervous system or an immune system. It will attack the invader. We've got to get this out of here. Matrix doesn't care about the people. Right. Know, it just wants around. to keep operating and continuing self-perpetuating. Yeah. It, it, it needs the, 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 the energy that the human beings sleeping in their pods create to keep running their dream that they live in, in the matrix. It does. It's not concerned about them at all at least the the form of control that existed in the previous matrix films i mean things may be changing so yeah it's i think it's definitely neo and trinity are a very real scary threat for the matrix and they will defend defend it at all costs the current state of the matrix too is really interesting to me because i know we didn't you know we see people in the original trilogy or i guess in the first matrix like more at their desks and people walk going about their day but I feel like in this and the Resurrections trailers we've seen, the Matrix is a lot more like lively and yeah. happy looking and a lot more like, well, maybe if we let them like have a little bit more, you know, they, they talk about in the first Matrix how the, the original concept from the architect was a utopia yeah. and humans rejected it because right. we're so used to everything being terrible that yeah. like we were like, this is definitely fake because not everything is complete garbage every day. And I wonder, I don't know, it keeps coming back to the same point because I'm like, what is the ultimate conflict going to be? Because it seems like maybe what they introduce into the matrix is not sustainable. And maybe that's what fires off the machines against each other too, is like, we got to get this love thing out of here, or we got to get this self-fulfilling destiny program out of here where people are like a little too happy and things are crumbling again. From minute one of the first trailer, I was really, really fascinated by the fact that like the matrix is really bright and sunny, like at the end of revolutions and, and stayed that way. I guess I didn't expect that, you know, based on, you know, I figured if things kind of fell apart that it would go back into that like real muted, green desolate mm-hmm. version of the matrix that how the computer world looked and i think having that sunset and bringing more life to the matrix might be bringing all these issues about as well what's the most wild theory you've heard so far oh gosh um i feel like i haven't even heard too many theories in general it's like we talked about in the beginning i there aren't many people to talk about the matrix with <laughs> you know it's not right. like star wars where people are like you know it's all it's anakin's dream you know, it's all gonna wake up so i don't know like and that's the thing i wish there were more like matrix podcasts or just matrix fans out there talking this is the official matrix podcast at this point <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, wild theories god i don't know what have you heard you heard anything good didn't you mention at one point to me that it might be kind of about how like the villains might be like stand-ins for warner brothers executives oh so yeah well that <laughs> that was like people actually like i pop, like i got spoilers or something yeah that the, the and, and you know and that was something that like when i heard it i was like God, that's crazy but it is lana wachowski and yeah. and and that was a point i was thinking of where i was like you look at their entire filmography and even sense eight on netflix Mm-hmm. They don't give a crap <laughs> at all. They do no zero percent. They do what they want to do. Look at Jupiter Ascending. That is the work of filmmakers that do not <laughs> care. Like Speed Racer. They made Speed Racer, yeah, which is one of the wild, wild, wild movie. I love Speed Racer. I think it's awesome. I adore that movie. Where's the Blu-ray? We're still waiting. <laughs> you know, like that is where's the 4K of Speed Racer? If any movie should be in super, super crazy high res of Speed Racer, but. <laughs> And the Matrix 4, real world Matrix 4 kind of came about because for a while there was the rumor that it was, there was going to be like a reboot of some sort that the Wachowskis were not going to be involved with. Mm -hmm. And in interviews, Lana said that they basically told her, we're going to go ahead with the Matrix with or without you. And she was just like, you're not taking my baby. And I loved the interview with her where she was talking about... I I believe it wasn't at the death of her parents Mm -hmm. and talking about how all these important people have left her in her life and kind of embracing 
Neo and Trinity, these characters that she created, co-created, brought her so much joy because she's like, and I think that's the clue to, to The Matrix too and the title Resurrections that they technically killed off these characters at the end of the last movie. And then she was just like, you know what? I can bring these people back. I can resurrect them. Yes. I can yeah. re resurrect these characters. And I can tell a different kind of story about them now because I'm sure she is in a different place in her life right now where perhaps she wants to tell a love story now mm -hmm. and a more kind of joyful probably ending to their story. Yeah, and that you can bring people back from the dead and that like that hope that like using using the power of film to like bring people back from the dead literally um, and then, yeah, what she, she said, which the whole interview, like you said, is amazing, is she said, I couldn't have my mom and dad, yet suddenly I had Neo and Trinity, which is like, <laughs> right, right. just stop, I'm going to start crying right now. So the, back to the point of the, the Wachowskis don't care, I wouldn't at all be surprised if there are digs at Warner Brothers in this movie. And we see the Matrix in the trailers all over the place it's as wild moment yeah the the movie the matrix from 1999 <laughs> is playing on screens and so within matrix resurrections does the movie the matrix exist yeah and it's a, in a prominent way it's not just like playing on a screen in a hardware store in the matrix so to answer yeah the question we have i wouldn't be surprised if there are and i remember very early like it was like last summer when someone's like i saw a test screening of the matrix and they just said it's amazing. It's weird. It's meta. And I remember reading that over the summer being like meta, like what, how, and then kind of, yeah, hearing these rumors and it's like, well, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah. And that Jonathan Groff character looks really um, sleazy studio exec for sure too. Just yeah. like, Hey, you're back in the matrix. Like, I don't know who knows. Jason, yeah. who knows? <laughs> I mean, you, we're spending I can, a whole hour like speculating, and still, I've still I have no idea. So, and that's and, and that's the great thing where I think the movie is going to come out, and I think, kind of much like Reloaded and Revolutions, I don't think it's going to give us all the answers. No. I think we're still going to walk away being like, what was the deal with <laughs> X Y Z, and so few movies do that i mean it was to. yeah it's it, things and, and you know i'm not complaining i love movies i love everything but yeah sure um movies now are very explained mm -hmm. and every little detail is well this is this and this relates to this and if you read the comics it's this 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 and this and that character is so and so right because you and, need to bring it you, you need to bring in the hardcore but also like mom and dad yeah, and like crazy aunt that may not have seen this. Like it needs to be for everybody. So everything's just kind of like, and you you, you, you watch them. Yeah, you watch the movie, you watch the episode, and then you go watch the YouTube video that explained it all and told you what the post credit mm. scene was about and who the mystery voice was. And that's all well and good, and people have a great time, not complaining, you know. But there is something awesome about ambiguity. Absolutely, and questions not being answered and the the you know i feel like the the ride home discussion after a movie mm -hmm. of well what do you think that meant and what do you think the filmmaker was trying to say there's you know that still exists definitely but it doesn't exist in a popcorn movie kind of scale yeah i haven't felt it from a mcu movie in a while and again not trying to bag on the mcu i love no the no, MCU. no not at all it, you're talking about like it's like who you saw the thing you recognized it's not like what do you think the symbolism of this meant what do you think the director's intention was why did you think the score was used in the way in this in this version and like that conversation is really missing that's why i'm so excited i just feel like movies don't feel the same not to be like old man about it but like they don't make them like they used to but like even drama and like narrative films that aren't your big tentpole blockbusters are told differently and kind of explained i really hope that this brings it back and i'm like so confident that it will because like we said the wachowskis do not care at all yeah there's a movie it, it, about controlling swarms of bees and like <laughs> channing tatum as a wolf man basically so they, they don't care they do not care it's like in the end i i just i love science fiction 
and mm -hmm. it's my favorite genre of anything and yeah. i think between the matrix uh resurrections and i thought dune did an incredible job of introducing really kind of thoughtful science fiction to an entirely new audience sure and i think those two films hopefully if they're received well dune already was but if if resurrections is received well enough perhaps can be like okay well you know maybe people you know who knows after everything the world has been through in the last couple of years, mm. maybe people are ready to think again in science yeah. fiction. And what it means to be human after spending two years at home thinking about what our, our existence is. And I think people are ready to like The Matrix again, too. I think yeah. the nostalgia level is at an all-time high. People are pumped. I think people are actually excited. And there's this media blitz going on again, and it feels so exciting and fun to have these characters resurrected and back with us. Is there anything really that like is is standing out that you wanted to talk about that we haven't really touched on gosh no i feel like we we've hit all the the big things uh we kind of went full galaxy brain <laughs> we're like yeah, just, it was yeah. like here's everything we couldn't talk about to people on the street without sounding <laughs> insane i'll just ask people are you gonna watch it and every single person i've asked like if we're just talking about movies or something i'll be like you're gonna watch the new matrix and either they're gonna go in the theater whatever they want to do watch it on hbo and every single person I've asked said, yeah, they say, yeah, it looks cool. I'm just kind of like, okay, at least I know people are going to watch it. Before we move on to the trials aspect, I, I just want to go into uh, kind of the last two steps of the hero's journey from Joseph Campbell, the final two steps. I'm just going to read these quotes I pulled from the old internet. Resurrection, this is the climax in which the hero must have his final and most dangerous encounter with death. Final battle also represents something far greater than the hero's own existence, with its outcome having far-reaching consequences to his ordinary world and the lives of those he left behind. If he fails, others will suffer, and this not only places more weight upon his shoulders, ultimately the hero will succeed, destroy his enemy, and emerge from battle cleansed and reborn. So that to me sounds like revolutions. And then, return with the elixir. This is the final stage of the hero's journey in which he returns home to his ordinary world, a changed man. He will have grown as a person, learned many things, faced many terrible dangers, and even death, but now looks forward to the start of a new life. His return may bring fresh hope to those he left behind, a direct solution to their problems, or perhaps a new perspective for everyone to consider. The final reward that he obtains may be literal or metaphoric, or probably in this case, both. It could be a cause for celebration, self-realization, or an end to strife. Which, to me, you know, the, with the trilogy, you, you assume the journey's ending there, and obviously with the Resurrections, they're coming back to tell a story. I think that kind of fits in nicely with what we were saying about maybe Neo's complete arc is not completed yet because he needs his ultimate reward of having Trinity by his side. Absolutely. I thought that was a good way to cap our uh, galaxy brain speculation on the Matrix Resurrections. I love it. Are you ready to face the trials? Bring it. Let's do it. Let the trials commence. This version of the trials is going to be versus. This time we're doing trailer hype level versus the first Matrix Resurrections trailer. So however you felt during the Matrix Resurrections when you first saw that versus how you felt seeing the trailer it's paired with. Yeah, I love it. And I love it. I think I know some of the answers to some of these, but... Probably guess, yeah. <laughs> um, so let's start with the Matrix Resurrections versus the Sam Raimi Spider-Man, the Twin Towers spot. Ooh, um... Resurrections. The Twin Towers Spidey was very cool, but Resurrections was more personal. <laughs> also, Twin Towers spot didn't hold up great. So I remember, yeah, I remember watching it at, like after the fact, like on YouTube, and it's just like, Ugh, yeah. <laughs> Let's go to the next one. Matrix Resurrections versus Mad Max Fury Road. Ooh, that's a similar one where it was like, I can't believe we're getting a Mad Max 4. This is insane. And I adore the Mad Max films. Mm -hmm. um, I think Fury Road is a masterpiece, a masterwork, incredible movie. But again, Matrix is more personal. That Mad Max Fury Road trailer, the first one, rips. It's so awesome. Like, it, yeah. it's just like one of the best made trailers. This is a real head scratcher, but Matrix Resurrections versus Temple of Doom. God, that's a masterpiece of a trailer. <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot of nostalgia with that. So I am going to have to go, I think, with Temple of Doom on that one, because I think that is just a just masterclass of trailer. 
right there. Can you imagine trailers ending like that now on like such a crazy, ambiguous note of like a guy being lowered into a lava pit? <laughs> <laughs> For the sequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, um, yeah this looks similar. No disrespect to Resurrections, but I'm going to have to go with Temple of Doom because I, I watched that trailer at least like once a month to feel alive. I had a feeling from the uh, one of the hosts of a podcast that just did an entire year of Indiana Jones episodes that that might be the, <laughs> might be the case. Check out Indie Year on Blast Points if you haven't already. Oh. There you go, a little plug for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You can, thank you. You can pay me afterwards. Um, <laughs> Matrix Resurrections versus Jurassic Park. This one was more personal to me, too. Uh, I'm going to go with Resurrections. Jurassic Park. I love Jurassic Park. But Jurassic Park is, is weird for me because I was a, I think, June, junior in high school when Jurassic sure. Park came out. So it's it's always interesting. Like I feel like Jurassic Park, for like people just a little younger than me, mm-hmm. Jurassic Park is a much bigger deal. Oh, where sure. it's like where it's like i love jurassic park jurassic park is great but i you know it's like I, it hit me at like when i was in high school and i was also like nirvana and you know, <laughs> you know i'm gonna go to Lollapalooza. dinosaurs are so uncool yeah like you know so if i was a little younger uh jurassic park would be a much bigger deal for me i think that's why i put it in here is because jurassic park was the only movie to exist to me at that point i was like i got sure. it. you gotta see it here's one matrix resurrections versus the matrix reloaded oh god Oh, God, I am going to have to go with Reloaded because my hype was at a fever pitch at that point. (laughs) Maxed out. Unfortunately, Bane showed up out of nowhere and destroyed the last part of the podcast recording. You know, we talked a lot more about the trailer for Police Academy 4, Citizens on Patrol, and how much more hype Jason was for that in the Matrix Resurrections trailer. A lot of other good stuff like that. But unfortunately, Bane had other plans and destroyed the recording. I'd like to extend a special thank you to Jason for joining me on this episode. Please check out Blast Points Podcast anywhere you can find your podcast. It's the best Star Wars podcast out there. And we made it next week. It's the big event. The Matrix Resurrections hits theaters, and we will be here to discuss the ins and outs of it, what everything means, the answers to our questions, see if our theories were correct. Spoiler alert, they won't be. Yeah, I'm super excited, and I hope you are too. In the meantime, make sure to follow us on Instagram at B1N1Pod. Also now on Twitter at B1N1Podcast. Make sure to go on Apple Podcasts and rate, review, and subscribe to us. Hit that little bell on Spotify. Make sure you're following us to get every new episode of Best One Since the Next One. And hey, guess what? We'll see you next time. <laughs>